0: Kim from People Are Wild with Sarah from Good Nightmare. And this is our part two about the cancer gamer that is Annabelle Natalie Gibson. We're fresh-faced and ready and not all recording this in one night in different <laughs> countries. We're sitting in the same room together, actually, guys. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, this is the part two. This is the act, I guess, act two and a half and three and... What is it called at the end? Like, what is the French term? Um, oh my god, i have gone blank. <laughs> I wanted to say, like, the coup de grace, but that's not what I'm thinking of. What? Whatever the French term is, is it French? I don't know. Guys, it's late. I've been up for so long. <laughs> um, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of get into what happened to lead to Bell's being, being exposed and the aftermath and everything from that, and then we'll give you our opinions and... Our takeaways, and then we'll call it a a part two. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) You guys will enjoy it. So when they pick up again in the story and even on her digital timeline, she pops up not in a skater forum. She pops up now in a parenting forum because Belle Gibson is, what is she, Sarah? Is she pregnant? Yes. (laughs) Oh my God, why am
1: I so nervous? (laughs) i'm like i can't keep track of her story it, that's how bad it is for me i'm just like oh dude. everything
0: like i said i'm like fiercely going through this going okay wait i have to make sure i say this but you yeah. know what? <laughs> i'm gonna probably leave out a few chunks of things here and there and if it doesn't make sense definitely let me know because i'm gonna try and fill in this timeline as best as i can between me and sarah <laughs> so yeah so she checks in january 2010 she is now in melbourne she is posting on this parenting forum. And she makes this extensive post on January 10th that, I mean, I feel like, I almost feel like I, I want to read a lot of these in full, but at the same time, there are a lot of posts. And she, yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's pregnant at the age of 20. She was friends with the, the father of, of her child. She called him her best friend for a long time. His name is Nathan. She had a relatively uncomplicated pregnancy, which is impressive for somebody who is stating that they were receiving chemotherapy treatments and other various treatments for this malignant brain tumor. And of course she had to share that with the group. She had to introduce herself, right? So that is one of the things that she did was introduce herself is saying, you know, if she's a first time, her first time mom, that her biggest fear of it was that she would miscarry. She's had so many thoughts and nightmares over it. And to some extent, like, I, I believe in her posts in these parenting forums, initially were truthful to an extent, I do believe that she felt scared. I believe that she did feel overwhelmed. She is a 20-year-old, essentially single parent, because even though she was on friendly terms with her baby daddy, she wasn't living with him. They tried, and they would break up, and then he had to move for work. So it wasn't necessarily consistent in terms of having support. She kind of lamented to this group. So here again, we have sort of the same pattern emerging, right? Here's a group of people who are willing to listen and without trying to overstep my bounds, mommy forums and parenting forums are a fertile ground for people to respond very promptly with their own opinions on what they think works or have suggestions for what they think might be best for people. And most of them, I would say come from a place of genuine concern or what has worked for that person that they want to share and I think that happens a lot online where people do come from a good place and then you have people who prey on that I think another adjective probably to describe Belle Gibson now that I'm thinking about it is a predator I think she definitely knew her audiences but I don't think she knew how bad things would blow up in her face But at the time, I think she definitely knew that she could relate to these people because to some extent she was being truthful. She did feel stressed out. She was concerned. I mean, she's a first time mother in terms of being pregnant and going through this relatively unsupported feeling like her friends and family weren't there for her that they didn't reach out to her. So, I mean, that would make anybody feel isolated and scared and wanting to connect to somebody. And then the age of the internet and, and what we see today, shows like Catfish and stuff definitely can show you that people can establish relationships with people for years without ever meeting them. Absolutely. She kind of just thrived, I guess, In this forum, she did make these statements about, let's see, there is an interesting one about how she would read other people's posts. And she lamented about how she had, she didn't feel any movement just yet. And then she would post, you know, maybe a couple days later about how she felt the first signs of what she thinks was movement. And now things were getting real and there was so much to embrace and she felt so happy. Now she did also say in there, I need to not drink soda because I keep burping. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so when she went back to her GP her general practitioner for her blood test results they said everything was perfect this is again around January of 2010 she didn't necessarily come out right and say that also I have cancer she just was kind of supporting other women uh, thanking them for supporting her for their wisdom advice and calming posts she said that you that have pictures in your posts are stunning with gorgeous children. Thanks again, kiss kiss. I guess that's what the X's are, right? That's what you guys do. Yeah. yeah. Why is that a thing? <laughs> Can we talk about that real quick? Why is that a thing? <laughs> I do that in all of my messages. <laughs> I don't get it. So like I like I said I I mean I, I worked with Australians to keep in touch with them. Like they end like their their messages like with like the X, and I'm like with an X, yeah. I'm like, is it two X's? Is it one? Does like, if you get three, does that mean bad things? What happens? Is it a triple X? <laughs> triple X it's is just, like an age a- that system. Vin Diesel played. So I'm concerned. <laughs>
1: um, I, th- I just do it because it, it's kind of like when you text without emojis and it can come off a bit. Um, it can be taken the wrong way or sound a bit harsh. So I always add like a little X to just be like, I'm being friendly. <laughs> it's my little, I love you. It's, it's all good. <laughs>
0: So is a way it know. like, because I put ha-has at the end of stuff whenever I want people to be like, that's not my problem, you know, like, if I give them advice, but then I'm like, but you never know, ha should I just put yeah. sex?
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of like that, just like a little lull at the end of it, like, lol, everything's fine, or just ignore this. <laughs> right. Although it, it would work better as a strike system, I think. <laughs> you get to three strikes and friendship over.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, right? You're like, triple X, we're out. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Going through her timeline, she's on these parenting forums. It's actually a forum called What to Expect. I think that must have been before the movie, right? I don't know dates and times and years, but I know What to Expect When You're Expecting has been a book for a while, but the movie wasn't – I don't think it was out in 2010.
1: I don't think so, but I don't know. Sometimes I look at things and I'm like, surely that can't be that long ago, and next thing I know it's made in the 90s or whatever.
0: (laughs) The 90s are forever, thank you.
1: Yeah, I love 90s.
0: uh, January 12, 2010, it looks like it's one of the first incidences in this forum where Belle mentions that she has cancer. So she made a post saying that I've been detoxing because of cancer, and even when I take half of the supermarket strength uh, medication, it knocks her out because... I guess my system is so clean now. I won't even take hot or warm baths now after reading and learning about the chemicals you absorb from unfiltered water. So I have stupidly quick showers to ensure we're clean. So I guess she she was telling people, like, there's toxins in the water, so she can't sit in a bath. And that used to be how she relieved her back pain because she has scoliosis in her back. So if you're keeping score at home on your bingo card... (laughs) I'm sure that right now you have like some sort of bingo in terms of medical ailments, perhaps, or, or lies. So she goes on in this uh, January twelfth to make another post about how she started getting chiropractic treatments twice a week since she was about 15 for her scoliosis. And then she made another post about how she left home before puberty was fully kicked in. So again, like I said, she's finding another forum where she has a captive audience. And now, again, she is saying that she has cancer in this forum that is a captive audience. It was within this group that she started thinking about creating an app that would be developed based off the fact that she had turned away from chemotherapy and conventional treatments for cancer. This cancer diagnosis she's had since 2009 and she was using food and alternative methods and treatments from different naturopathic and holistic healing that she has done in her own research to keep the cancer not only at bay, but essentially keep it in remission, cure herself, if you will, becoming this wellness warrior. So she proposed this idea to the group about whether or not she should start an app. If you think about 2010, apps were just coming into vogue, I think. Like Angry Birds was an actual thing that people were like really into, but... (laughs) I always think of that being like the infancy of apps. And I mean, if you think about it, smartphones really didn't hit the scene until 2007. It took a while for it to get into the mainstream where more and more people had it. So right around 2010 is where apps started to really become profitable for people. Not that they aren't now, but not to the extent that it was. So going back to, to describing Belle, she is a clever girl in terms of, being able to kind of see that she might be able to have some foresight into really being an entrepreneur in becoming an app developer. So she decided to start brainstorming how to do that while also being pregnant. You you get to about March 9th, 2010, she's in the parenting forum, and she announces that they're having a boy. So She also announces in her post about how she's been studying toxicology and some of the most disturbing stats with toxins in the house are clothes not being washed with non-toxic detergent. So she is suggesting in these forums to these women about using organic detergents or different alternative things in order to reduce the chances of toxins. Then you get to... We get to a few different posts where she starts kind of, again, lamenting about how she doesn't have friends who want to come to her baby shower as she gets closer and closer to her due date. Just trying to like go through all the posts that she had, because I hate to say this, but like, she was a lonely girl. Yeah, she was very
1: active online. She definitely didn't have much going on in person.
0: Right. So they said that, I mean, she had a few jobs here and there. There was a question of whether or not she worked at a call center for a while she was like an assistant she worked corporate stuff and call centers are like a big deal in Australia easy money quick money but I mean people don't last there forever I mean it's it's kind of like a churn and burn thing it was a big thing that you know you could always get a job there if you needed quick cash when I was over there I was over there on a work travel visa I had 3 months in hospitality, but if I needed to pick up a quick gig, I mean, my friends were who are in the hostels I were in were doing call center work. I did other stuff including being a pedicab driver by the Great Barrier Reef. So cool. <laughs> you you get to that sort of thing where you're able to make money in different ways, but it sounded like Belle did have a lot of time on her hands. I mean, she ends up having her kid, I think in 2, like the end of 2010 if I'm doing the math right. Somewhere near the end of 2010, maybe mid-2010. She has this kiddo and she's working on the app now because, again, she's, she's miraculously healed herself with just holistic foods and healing. And she calls this app, which, by the way, in the book goes into more detail about the development of the app. But for her to say she's an app developer is, guess what? A lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she hired a bunch of people who she essentially conned them and told them that, you know, this would be a good opportunity for them to do app developing. And she, she got young men, they were all men on her team, to code and do everything for her app for a fraction of the cost of what it would be, just given the fact that she had this charisma and she promised them this, that, and the other, and they were on board. Um she projected that her app would take 18 months to come together. And it took six months to come together. So by 2013, she launched the app, the whole pantry. And that kind of, uh, honestly, if she had like left it in that parenting forum and never launched that app, you yeah, probably don't she, wouldn't even know who Belle Gibson was.
1: No, nah, she would have got away with everything if she did that.
0: Yeah. I mean, at this point, she hadn't, she had told some pretty bad lies, but she only existed really online. Like she was just a person that existed in a forum. She didn't have this social media presence. But once that app launched, so did the social media associated with it. Before the app and everything, while she was developing it, she was posting pictures of the foods that she was eating on Instagram. She was, influencers weren't that big of a, well, weren't really a job description, which always boggles my mind that it is. Um, You know, uh, in 2012, 2013, that really wasn't a big thing. But the whole pantry app launch happened in December. Her social media just like caught fire as well. So she's getting all these additional people now following her on these different social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, the like, and she gets approached by a publishing company to create the whole pantry cookbook that puts physically puts it into a cookbook, these foods that she has, but it's all built upon the premise that this is a woman who's a mother, who is a cancer fighter, who's a survivor at this point, because it's 2009, she was diagnosed, so now we're four to five years on, and she was told she had four months. And it's through this holistic, clean eating, whole foods, whole pantry lifestyle, that she has been able to beat this cancer. And of course, who isn't gonna read that?
1: Absolutely, Who it's like a miracle cure.
0: Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> You know, and she talks about all these different things, about the toxins in in the air and about superfoods and about how, you know, you're being lied to about this, that and the other and you have to do, take out GMOs and you have to take out gluten and you have to take this, this, this and that and whatever and substitute this and people are hanging on to her every word because, I mean, this is a woman who had brain cancer and she beat it seemingly. So why wouldn't I take her her word for it? She has to be doing something right because she has to be followed by doctors, right? Well, you would think so. <laughs> you would think so, exactly. Yeah. Let's see, where are we at in our timeline? So in 2013, we have the app launch. From that app launch is something that's going to cause even more of her undoing down the road. And that is, it catches fire. It's streamlined. It's this sleek really user-friendly, great app that was developed by her team. And Apple approaches her and really, really wants to work with her on a super secret project, the Apple Watch. And they want to put the whole pantry as a preloaded app on the Apple Watch. So now, Bell Gibson is flying between Australia and California and meeting with Apple executives and they believe so much in this woman, in her app, in her charisma, in her story. Then it gets to be that she announces that all profits from the app would go back into the community into through various charities, that a percentage of every app sale would go through or go to a charity and they would rotate through about 20 different charities that they would be focusing in on at any given time or causes or specific families that might benefit from having additional funds from app sales. So seemingly on paper, Belle Gibson is now a philanthropist. She is a cancer warrior. She's a wellness warrior. She's an Instagram you know, mogul. She's a social media expert. She is every positive adjective you can think of in a modern day self-made entrepreneurial spirit. She's a woman that has this amazing, incredible, little bit unbelievable story, but she has people latching on at every word. You want to say to yourself, well, how come no one asked? But who's going to ask somebody, prove to me you have cancer?
1: Especially when they hit that level of fame, you kind of assume that someone's done the background work, and that's why she's gotten to this point. So you kind of just take it at face value.
0: Right, and you have to say to yourself, like, well, she has to be followed by some team. There has to be somebody behind the scenes that she keeps checking in with. And on her yeah. social media posts, it sort of indicated that there weren't necessarily specific names, but her information seemed to be coming from something credible. I mean, it seemed to be very much spoken in a way that was confident in what she was saying. However, yeah, absolutely. if you don't even just like scratch the surface, you didn't have to, you know, dive too deep It didn't take long to realize that everything she was saying was based on pseudoscience for the most part. Um, In the book, it mentions how she's amassing this fame, this fortune, and she is changing her lifestyle. She is moving to the more affluent parts of Melbourne. She is buying flashy cars. Well, maybe not a flashy car, but she's buying a new car. She is, upgrading her wardrobe she is hiring a personal trainer who trains like celebrities and you know models and and all these stars and actually it's with her interaction with the trainer where he was the only person that probably wasn't a yes man in her corner that was like you are so brave you are so right bell he actually said that at one point he remembers they sat down and he He had a whole typed up list of things that he had seen in her Instagram posts where he was like, that's not right. Like, I study exercise physiology. I know what I'm talking about. And she would tell him, well, it didn't necessarily come off the way that maybe you interpreted it. So she was trying to backpedal and he was just calling her left and right on all of her BS. And then they eventually parted ways. He couldn't have even imagined what would happen. So why would he even think to be like, well, this lady's a fraud? Because there and again, you're not going to call somebody who's this cancer survivor a fraud. While they look good, they're successful. If they have brain cancer, they sure shit don't look like it. They look a picture of health. And it's just like, no one wants to be that dick that's like, I don't think this girl has cancer. Absolutely. No one wants to be the one to call her out. (laughs) Until somebody does. Yes. So then, I think that probably leads us more into like the demise of Bell Gibson, right? Because we've My gotten part. <laughs> we've gotten the rise, we've got well, yeah. we've gotten the beginnings, we've gotten a little bit of the rise. I don't know. Do you have anything to add? Because I feel like I've talked so much on this.
1: There were just little bits and pieces that really. I found it interesting about like all her Instagram stuff and about kind of about her influence as well. Like there was one claim that she made about how in regards to the diet and the cookbook and stuff, she was apparently encouraging people to drink raw milk, but that's illegal here.
0: Yeah, that's right. You guys can't have yeah. like raw milk or unpasteurized no, juices and we, stuff, right? Unpasteurized no, there was milk and, and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There were five children who got sick and yes, one of them actually right. died from it. So ever since then it's been outlawed. But she's like, Yeah, drink raw milk, it's it's gonna cure you and she was yeah, she was an anti vaxxer, which was one thing, which I know you'll hate. I know. Like,
0: you <laughs> I think could already I know you're it. over like thousands of miles away, but I'm pretty sure you could see the flames coming out of my ears.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, even here we're just I don't understand anti vaxxers, but that's another argument for another day.
0: I didn't know about how she was promoting... I mean, I'm not surprised, but I didn't know yeah. that she was promoting it with the raw milk and stuff.
1: Yeah, and there was another diet that she supported, the Gerson therapy, or I don't know how it's pronounced, but apparently it's where diet alone is supposed to cure cancer and chronic illness.
0: Yeah, so I kind of tried to look up more about that, but it, it's, like, it's weird. It's like you do it's like coffee really enemas. Weird.
1: Yeah, which is just very unhealthy
0: <laughs> and there's That's an episode incredible. of uh, at least uh, there used to be a show on TLC called My Strange Addiction and there yes. was a couple that was addicted to doing coffee enemas and they did as many as like 3-4 to four in a day oh I can't imagine that uh, oh. they, they did not have cancer they just they liked just enjoyed it. it they liked the fact <laughs> that they like got caffeinated really fast from the
1: enema so, I didn't even realize it would do that <laughs>
0: The caffeine, <laughs> of course, it would,
1: like, enter the system real quick.
0: You gotta absorb it. Yep. <laughs> well, that's why, oh my gosh, do you, wait, is this, like, okay. <laughs> I mean, do you guys know what butt chugging is? Is that just where you drink something really fast? You, like, put a funnel in the person's behind and, like. What? Yes? Yeah, like. I'm sorry, I'm shocked. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's kind of like if you did, like, an alcohol enema. There were fraternities <gasps> that were doing that and pledges died.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. It's I
0: just, just a rapid absorption of alcohol all at once.
1: Oh, my goodness. No, we had, um, I don't know if this happened in America as well, but we had teenagers who would soak tampons in vodka and stuff and then put them either in, in their vagina or on their butt, basically. Okay,
0: so there was an episode of Dr. Phil where a, <laughs> w- <laughs> where a woman said it. that she did that and she said that she, cause she wanted to see what it was like so that she knew what her teenagers were up to. And she said she tried to insert it and she said it burned so much that it caused like, like massive redness and a massive rash. So she was like, I have a hard time believing that kids are doing this. I don't okay, know. That makes I don't know if she was right, but part of me is like, mm, I could see that somewhat being a... Sort of possible, but I I'm not gonna go and mythbuster it myself.
1: No, I'm I'm not gonna try that. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll yeah, I'm sticking to the regular way of drinking anything.
0: As <laughs> <laughs> oh, God intended it through a goon sack. Um, look that yes. one up, kids. Don't look yeah. it up. God, the no, <laughs> king's cup. Anyways, what yeah. else did we find out? <laughs> One of the things
1: that really bothered me a lot was that obviously she's spouting all this information to people who are looking for cures and looking for help. Yes. And it, there's no, not necessarily any, like, any reported claims that people stopped their medication to follow her instruction, but there is that massive risk that people have you know, put aside regular medical treatment to try and follow what she's put out there. And it's just going to make them sicker. And it's just, oh, that really, yeah, that part of it really scared me. The fact that she's, she could be putting other people at risk.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that would kind of, that's kind of what got me probably a little bit more enraged is that here again is another community of people who, you know, they're, they're linked together By something like a commonality. So, I mean, you had her initial, you know, skateboarding uh, years, her emo years. Everybody goes through that. Spider-Man 3 was all about that. We get it. And then she switches into, you know, the fact that she actually does have a pregnancy. And she does have a child that is healthy by all accounts. Yes, I finally got to use that. I finally got to use (laughs) by all accounts. I never (laughs) had to do that. I'm so excited. I won an award from... Every true crime podcast that listens to this <laughs> for saying by all accounts. Okay, but as far as we know, her son, uh, Oliver, who was talked about extensively in the book, so I don't feel bad like necessarily mentioning his name because it's everywhere. Yeah. He was born healthy, reaching all of his milestones, no developmental delays, no defects of any sort. And as far as we know, he's still growing. Totally fine, but you know she's in now this forum with expectant mothers d- during her pregnancy, and then she kind of sees maybe an end game again. I think she is a. I think she has this fine line where she she can see where her lies are going, and she knows yep. that she needs to modify them as needed. And she saw the whole pantry now being something she could latch onto because she's getting this following from her brain cancer thing and from healing through foods and holistic approaches and shunning conventional medicine. So, you know, now she moves from being in this expectant mothers community to really being on the forefront of the wellness community and these cancer fighter communities. Um, these cancer warrior communities. And, you know, people in these communities, um, you know, in my own personal experience, I I had some when my family members have had um, various uh, health uh, crises that, you know, you've reached out for internet support, because the internet's there 24 seven. And you don't necessarily want to burden your friends in real life sometimes with what you're feeling. So I get that appeal. And, you know, if you're scrolling through something, and you're in this insomnia phase where you're just like overwhelmed with your diagnosis, your everything that's going on, and you see something and you come to healing underscore bell, and you see this beautiful landscape or this photos of food, and you look at her and you go, God, what is she doing to get to that point? Maybe I need to do that so I can stop feeling this way. Why wouldn't you do that? Absolutely. So I Look mean, at- my heart breaks for the people who were deceived by this woman in yeah. such a way that like you said they they might have delayed conventional medicines or even outright said I don't want to do that I want to do what she's doing and she couldn't even tell you what she's doing that's the other thing too (laughs) that's the part that boggles my mind because now we get into 2014 a little bit unless you have anything more to add like I said I don't want to bogart stuff
1: no I think that's about it there is one funny thing about her mom and her brother coming forward, but I don't know when that exactly happened.
0: Oh, after she gets exposed. I think so. Yeah. We gotta wait till 2015. All right, we'll wait there. <laughs> we're getting there, Sarah. Okay, so we're in 2014. We have the app that's been going. She's profiting from it. She's giving it back to charities. She's very philanthropic. Film- Philanthrop phil, what what is the word? Philanthropic? Yeah, that one. So for some reason I just can't say. I'm sorry. Like I'll try, I'll look like an idiot. I just don't. That like dorsal fin. I can't oh I said it right today.
1: That's Oh, I fun. love that's another nice word dorsal. Dorsal fin. I can't
0: I have to like use my whole mouth to say it. And so in 2014, she has this book deal lined up and it's supposed to roll out that she is going to be this international bestseller. They're going to start everything in Australia. If that is received well, they're going to, they already had plans with Penguin Publishing to bring her book to the Northern hemisphere, to the UK and US, and then go from there and distributing it more and more internationally. So she has this momentum. She has Apple behind her for the smartwatch she has the app itself just going, and she has all these accolades. She's named Cosmopolitan's Woman of the Year, which is one of the funny things in the book. For some reason, it, like, mentions, like, the celebrities that were in attendance. And randomly, like, Tara Reid was at this ceremony, and I was like, oh, okay. Somehow somehow not surprising. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but... <laughs> what's up, Tara Reid? That was probably Sharknado. That's my second Sharknado reference. Oh, my God. Um... Uh, <laughs> So this book was supposed to be released sometime in late 2014. And so we get to this point where everything is looking great. I mean, it's looking good. What can bring down Belle Gibson? And then you get to July 23rd, 2014. Well, it's around July of 2014, I should say, where she said that she made this very lengthy post Highlighting it would be that she discloses that she had been diagnosed with third and fourth cancer, essentially that she had her cancer spread to her blood, her spleen, her uterus, and liver, as well as more areas of her brain. It was like, oh, like all of a sudden she made this huge post about how essentially her malignant brain tumor, her brain cancer is back and it's spread And how she was going to have to take a step back and that how she was now going to have to go, you know, into more holistic treatments again. So everyone was like, oh my gosh, Bill Gibson, you have our, you're in our thoughts and prayers, you know, whatever we can do. And that was probably her undoing, I think would be mostly that post because people started to question how could a brain cancer spread into the bloodstream to spread to the liver. Like how could it be directly as a result of that, as she was saying? And, and there were some good points in the book from actual people with brain cancer who were like, uh, and a neurosurgeon who said that, you know, usually with brain cancer spreading, you'll sometimes get it in the spinal, but okay. you, you rarely will see it cross the blood brain barrier to spread actually into the body From that specific cancer. And it makes sense. That you know kids who have brain cancer. Usually don't have. And I, I just think of usually kids. for Unfortunately because they end up dying from the more rare types. But that's what Belle was proposing that she had. Was like this rare childhood adolescent cancer. She was saying you know now it's spread everywhere. And people were like that just doesn't make sense. Like something is not adding up. Um, yeah, and that's what I think was her undoing was that whole post. Um, she in 2014 she tried to actually open retail space in the Royal Children's Hospital, which I found interesting. Who outright rejected her proposal due to her past with, um, her past posting that she had on social media that was uh, backed up by little to no scientific basis. So they were like, "Mm, no, you're not going to have any retail space. Because in her mind, she was going to rebrand the whole pantry to be the whole life. And she was going to develop these sort of avenues for children to be active and to have their diets tailored. It was a whole thing, like her whole vision. So again, she's seeing maybe where her lie will get her to and then evolving, adapting and trying to reinvent But what she couldn't anticipate is that people were looking into everything she was saying at this. And I love how I just made that note in there. I was like, one Cosmos woman of the year. Side note, Tara Reid was in the audience, question mark. Like, (laughs) I don't know (laughs) why I just had to keep writing that. So she, there is an interesting thing in the book that they talk about how she was at a birthday party for her son, Oliver, when she had the seizure-like activity but she told people that she didn't want the ambulances to be called because they're just going to keep her in the hospital and tell her she needs treatment, conventional treatment. She confided to a friend that after some of her seizures that she's had, she could feel people's auras and see when they were going to die. And I was like, what? That's very Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) There's an (laughs) insomnia. I was like, all about that. She's actually the dead zone. Like, what? What do you do as a friend? Do you just tell her, like, I think you're full of shit? Or do you just go, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Cool, Belle. What do you cool do? story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then more and more people were saying that just things just didn't make sense. She... Yeah. Um, She never raised any money or funded any cancer research. For a woman who's had a brain tumor for five years at this point, wouldn't you try and like align yourself maybe more with cancer research? Not one post after her announcement of the return of her cancer mentioned cancer again. She was seen at eating fast food restaurants and drinking booze and smoking. She started drawing in the chronic disease sort of thing when people were attacking her. She was like, how dare you attack people with chronic illnesses? So now she's trying to become part of that community, it seems like. She had reportedly, her friends said that they kind of played off some of her little quirks that she had, because sometimes she had ticks and hives a breakout on her chest, she seems spacey with friends, but they thought it was her cancer, it was her brain tumor. Looking back on it, though, they were like, it was probably her trying to figure out her next angle, trying to further her lies. So this is when we're getting into the book deal part. So there's this whole thing that ended up happening between herself and Her partner at the time, who was uh, an older gentleman named Clive, who has his own shady dealings about whether or not he knew more than he says he did. And her two friends, Chanel and Jared, they confronted her one night and they just kind of went to her house unannounced for a, a dreaded pop in, if you will. But it was like the most intense one ever. Chanel asked her, was she sick? Did she have cancer? And Gibson played dumb. She actually told somebody that she saw a doctor named Dr. Phil, who later on they found out a man named (laughs) Phil Best was the man who had told her that the cancer had spread. However, he couldn't be contacted and none of his practices could be found in terms of actually any physical offices or any sort of reports that he had made or given to Gibson. So they kept pressing Bell that night. And this was a couple nights before, or uh, shortly before her book launch. So they kept pressing about what was the diagnosis. And then they tried to just kind of confront Clive. Clive said that Bell has her own thing, and it wasn't up to him to tell about it. So he kind of played, you know... This isn't me. His biggest thing was protecting Oliver, who he was trying to be a good stepdad to um, Oliver. But in in the book, it says that in 2014, his father, Clive's father, was actually diagnosed with cancer. He moved back to help his family. And he saw what cancer does to a person. And then he realized, I think, in this moment that Bell was nowhere near that, number one. And number two, he needed to try to protect Oliver from anything that could happen as a result of Belle's lies. And that was what drew him back in, was because of his stepson, essentially. Which I thought was kind of noble, but at the same time, I'm like, what? You could have reported her then and there. Yeah,
1: because you could have done something about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that night, they didn't get a straight answer from Bell. They kind of said their piece and left. Shortly thereafter, Gibson called her publisher a penguin for the whole pantry cookbook and was fearing that there were lies being spread in the media about Bell Gibson, about the book. Her publisher told her, don't worry about it. We know that maybe there's some things coming out but this is your story and we will stand by you. In a moment I was like, Ooh, that's a little petty. Um, Chanel actually showed up to the book launch because she had been invited by Belle previously and she still showed up. And she just like, I guess had like the ultimate sounds like resting bitch face, just like watching (laughs) Belle and Belle did not acknowledge her at all. So the book launch actually did go forward. And at that point, I think Chanel had it in her brain where she was like, I can't like, I'm just, we're done. So she actually, in early 2015, she contacted the journalist at the age news publication. And they said the two authors who actually wrote the book were also the journalists who wrote the initial article exposing Belle Gibson. So Chanel had emailed them and told them about this ruse, essentially, that Bill Gibson was a cancer scammer. And so the age looked into it. They said that they were able to kind of get medical, uh, personnel to look at everything that she had posted, but they didn't want to go on record. The medical professionals as saying that this was a lie. So the age was kind of stuck. They're like, well, we can't run this without having sources, or else it's just going to be nothing. Like we need to have people backing up these words. So the lawyers kind of said, don't publish that story. Instead, the pu- the journalists decided to look into Bell's charities. So she's claiming that for the past two to three years since her app launch that she's had all this revenue going back into charities and she's just donated it back and she's fundraised for them. And yeah. then the age uncovers all the lies with it. And that's where I think it really hits bell.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because they come to find out that she doesn't have a license to actually fundraise and that everything that she was bringing in, she was essentially pocketing and using for herself And that out of all these charities that she had named, none of them had seen a dime of the money for the most part.
1: There was one report that she promised at least around three hundred thousand to charities, but yeah, no one saw any of it.
0: Yeah, not a dime, which is so brazen to me. She ends up, well, they the age ends up finding all this supporting data and go to their lawyers before they've they. Publish the story, and the lawyers say this is the story you can publish. And the journalists knew that by exposing this lie, they would probably get to the cancer scammer part because it would yeah. give them more credibility to the fact that she's an established fraud at this point. And that's exactly what ends up happening. So on March tenth, two thousand fifteen, the Age drops the news story about how Bell Gibson is a fraud. They reach out to Bell Gibson who is out of town, attending the funeral for a woman, uh, Jess Ainscove, who was a well-known wellness warrior who actually did have cancer, who turned away from conventional therapy, who ended up passing away at an early age due to cancer. And it's a whole thing in the book about Belle Gibson's behavior at this event, but she is just so over the top. And then once you get to this part of the book, you're like maybe partly over the top because she was also grieving this woman who she said was her like best friend and they'd only met a handful of times. Um, Yeah. And then I think also she was just under all this pressure that she was probably having like an emotional reaction to the fact that everything was starting to crumble down and crumble down. It did because shortly thereafter, after that May 10th or sorry, March 10th uh, article in the age, it got picked up by a lot of news store, uh, a lot of news publications. It gained steam and the medical professionals that had initially looked at the reports for Bell's cancer histories and, and her post and everything finally felt confident coming forward saying that, Everything she said was a lie. Yeah. And she was exposed. So how did it go down in Australia? Because I I actually wanted to, like, get your viewpoint on that. Because, I mean, I, I I read about it. Like I said, I was there briefly enough to see the 60 minutes interview promoted but yeah. I didn't actually sit down and watch the whole thing till we decided to do this so yeah. what was it like in australia at that time
1: i can't really remember too too much but i do like from just in general from that time in my life but i do remember this story coming <laughs> but the story it was probably the first massive case of fraud that i'd ever heard of in my lifetime And it really hit, like, the people of my generation, my mum's generation and stuff, just that how the hell did this woman get this far without anyone questioning her and just how massive the scale was of all this happening, that it wasn't only that she was scamming Australians on a small scale, setting up a fake business or something and taking money or like a fake GoFundMe you would do these days, but she'd actually managed to get in with these massive corporations and full, all of them as well.
0: She like it was an Apple.
1: Yeah, it was. I just remember it was absolutely unbelievable the scale that this happened on and the dishonesty. Really, it felt almost like a personal slight against every Australian. I think everyone took it really personally that she'd done this to her own people, like, and to, especially to vulnerable people. It was yeah. It was a really massive scandal.
0: It was like one of the lowest forms. I mean, it's just one of the worst things you could do to somebody is to take their hope and and faith in something and then just twist it for your financial gain. And the Absolutely. fact of the matter is, like, she was, like, what, 23? And now she's, like, she worldwide, but for something completely different than what she thought she would be. Yes. So the the consequences of her actions are a few different things. Apple silently severs every single tie they have with her, erases every single, the whole pantry, anything from their everywhere across the board. Penguin Publishing, which published the whole pantry, pulls the book immediately off the shelves, uh, cancels everything in terms of having her go to the U.S. and the U.K., And Penguin publishing that specific division of it ends up essentially everyone gets fired from it, they clean house and they close down that whole section. And book editors that had been there for decades lose their job essentially over this. Then of course, there's the actual legal side that comes into play with Belfast Yes. Sin. So yeah. she actually gets brought to court by consumer affairs. I believe
1: I looked mostly at the case. So I don't have too much about the, the legal stuff for me. It was mostly looking into like just how absolutely batshit she was, sure. but um, found that she was fined in September, 2017. She was fined $410,000 Australian.
0: Yeah. Which and is she has yet to pay any of that. Yeah, she hasn't paid a single bit.
1: So apparently the authorities are currently seeking the power to charge her with contempt of court. So, so she she's, might actually
0: go to prison then.
1: Yeah, she's in big trouble if they catch her. <laughs> well,
0: because I was like, when I was doing this article, I was like, what does Bill Gibson look like today? And I think the last article they had was like from something in September of this year where they got like a picture of her out walking around because she still walks around, she still does stuff. She's still yeah. out there, which I think is very bold and very much an F U to people. Like she's very much. She's just like throwing the biggest middle finger, not learning from it at all. Um
1: and no, not taking responsibility in any sense.
0: Right. So we kind of fast forward to the 2017 with the legal thing, but we were talking about, and you can find this on YouTube, the 60 Minutes interview that she did in the big bubblegum pink <laughs> turtleneck. It was like enveloping her face.
1: It um, really was.
0: <laughs> I would highly suggest people watch that because she, you said this to me, you're like, she just believes so strongly that she is the victim. So when you hear her speak, she talks about how she was told by doctors that, and led to believe that she had cancer. And so that's why she said this things that she said. She takes no responsibility at all during the course of that interview. And the interviewer, Tara Brown, I mean, I had only seen her in that 60 minutes, but it seems like she's a woman that's like, mm-mm, no. Yeah. Like we yeah, are getting to the, <laughs> we are getting to the point. No distractions. Like she redirects Belle a lot. She's pretty much stopped short of just being like, let's leave because you're just lying to me. She tells her, she's like, you're just lying. You're just lying at this point.
1: That interview was an absolute mess.
0: And the thing is, in the book, it talks about how Belle wanted it and her damage control lawyer was like, no, 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 you should not do this. And she did anyways. And she got filleted. She didn't didn't just get like, you know, feet to the fire. She got filleted. And then the whole... of public opinion. In the book, it does talk about how in the modern day age, we've brought back public shaming because we can do it in a different way. And there was instantaneous response on Twitter and social media about during that interview about how she had no remorse whatsoever. And you see that Mm -hmm. in the interview, like she can't even cry about it. She tries to, she tries to get emotional, but she's crying over herself. She's not crying over the people who may or may not have delayed treatment or the families that she, you know, gave hope to in terms of saying, "We'll fundraise for your kid. There's a whole thing with that. Um, that yep. goes, goes further into, you know, subsequent things about how she conned a whole family, essentially. And the last thing in the book is that they kind of go back and they're like, well, where is Bill Gibson today after the, the judgment and everything? And, and we talked about how she is... You know, they want her to pay the money. The thing is, I guess she is, she pops up here and there, but she's still relatively active on Snapchat. And (laughs) she is saying that she might be thinking of developing a dating app.
1: Which is the last thing that we need.
0: (laughs) Who would buy a dating app from a convicted cancer scammer fraud
1: i've got no idea
0: i'm desperate but i'm not that desperate no (laughs) i don't know if i'd be interested in anybody who signed up for that site i'd be like why are you here and and is anything
1: you say actually true (laughs) like it's just it'd be impossible
0: but she's trying to do the thing again where she's trying to evolve and adapt and see if she can slide like teflon and was it tara brown or somebody that i've read that said that she thought she could get away with it and she didn't realize that she was a little girl playing in a in the adult world and she would yeah. now have to face adult consequences
1: that sounds exactly right
0: all right sarah what are your final thoughts you got theories
1: oh i don't know if i have any theories as such but there were a couple of notes from the 60 minutes interview that I really wanted to mention because it's it's just that interview itself was just absolutely wild
0: yeah I'm totally gonna link to that because I mean if nothing else it's like 33 35 minutes you'll you'll watch the whole thing and be like oh my
1: god yeah you won't understand a word of what's actually happened (laughs) so she goes on about how I think it was the one of the doctors she claims gave her a diagnosis 60 minutes actually like they tried to investigate it and there was no doctor it
0: was probably uh it like was probably mark johns the one who gave the initial it, diagnosis yeah.
1: yeah i think that's the one yeah
0: because they tried to find him for the book and like nobody existed with that name and credentials yeah
1: which is, is just really strange and then there was this other thing that me i'll just try i've got my little notepad i was taking notes in the bath last time
0: that's okay because i was we we a very pro- professional here we take notes on uh <laughs> napkins, napkins. <and> everything.
1: <laughs> okay there was this one part that really did bother me she talks circles so much and she'll say something and then immediately contradict herself just
0: backtrack it's crazy
1: yeah it, and then she seems to believe each thing that comes out of her mouth, even though she'll say one thing and then completely take it back, she now suddenly believes this new truth that she's just said two seconds after telling some other truth. So there was this family that she claims in the, in the beginning of what she's saying. and She's saying, yeah, we were really close to the Shorts family and their son was ill. So she, you know, could relate to them and share her experiences and all that sort of thing. But as soon as they heard, as soon as she heard that they'd actually reported that she would kind of dig for information about their son's cancer treatment to kind of, you know, get details on like, how does it all work? And what should I be saying kind of thing? As soon as they exposed her, she's like, oh, we were never close. I barely even knew them. It's just, that was just one of the examples of her going like, oh, yeah, yeah this is the truth and oh, you called me out. Wait a second. No, this is the truth. Like I just, I don't know how she, I don't know how her mind works.
0: I don't either because it's like, my biggest thing is that she still thinks to this day that she was the victim. like, she does. She thinks that she was, misled oh and we can go into this real quick so in the book the journalists the ones that are writing this book about how they exposed her they talk about how they were put into contact with bill gibson's mother and stepfather and her brother nick and i mean without going into too much detail Her mother's a piece of work. Her stepfather is as well. Obviously, she doesn't really keep in contact with her stepfather. She probably doesn't even really know him because she was doing her own thing when they got married in 2012. But they even talked to Belle's grandmother. And Belle's grandmother, it almost seems like kind of like exhausted by her daughter and then her granddaughter's lies. So Natalie lies and tries to lie for her daughter a lot. Same with Nick. And they'll say stuff like, I don't think... You know Bell meant anything malicious I think she honestly thought she had cancer and in whose mind would you ever say that like I think my child thought they had cancer I would think that a parent would be like I can't believe my child would lie in such a way they should be held to every consequence of the you know yeah of what happened for their lies as you would anybody who lies you need to face the consequences but instead her mother and her family and her brother are saying that it's the media's fault that they're painting this in a bad light and bell had no idea that she didn't have cancer and how could she because she was duped by these immunologists who were opportunistic like uh what in the actual what (laughs) <laughs> exactly it's just an absolute mess because you mentioned you want to talk about the family real quick
1: yes um there was this one part where apparently i think it was the woman's weekly or something they had an yeah. interview with the mom and the son which is weird because you just said that about how like they would protect her and stuff apparently in this interview they have basically, the mum's spoken out and said, no, nah, it's all lies. Everything she's saying is a lie. Her, her gr- Growing up like the way she did is a lie, all this sort of thing. Right. And then and then how they, Belle would say that her brother was autistic and she had to be his caregiver. Apparently the brother came in for an interview and they basically said, no, he's not at all. Yeah. So that's apparently another lie.
0: Starting off from when she was like six.
1: Yeah. But they so- all seem to kind of do it all of them right just
0: so just real quick i mean because i mean we should address this does she have munchasms and she's asked this in the interview do you think you have munchasms
1: she did mention that in the interview i can't remember what her response was but it she said no
0: she said that she didn't think she had it because she was diagnosed with cancer, and she truly uh, she she believed had it. it. Yeah, she didn't fabricate right. it. And she also, in the book, they also talk about how the difference between munchasms, a factitious disorder, and, and that's something that I'm like, you know what, I can delve into that at a later date, but... People just keep, keep Bell Gibson in mind when I do delve into the world of munchasm. Yeah. Um, Decide for yourself after I do a little bit more research and can kind of do do that, (laughs) do that a little bit more justice because there's a whole, well, there's a lot of podcasts about that as well. (laughs) Yeah, But knowing what people do know and doing their own collective research and whatever their expertise is. Make your own decisions. That's actually a good question. I mean, you know, whatever, you know, you, you listeners kind of reach out to us and tell us what you think. Do you think Belle Gibson has monchasms Or is she just a liar? Some of her friends from uh, primary school, actually, when they contacted them after the fact, said that she was a pathological compulsive liar. And there mm-hmm. is one article that I I meant to read, but I think I had to pay for it. So I was like, mm, where? Yeah. <laughs> um, she, Belle called herself, and I think it must have been during her emo years, like a diabolical sociopath.
1: That sounds about right. I, I think that's exactly what she probably is. <laughs> She's probably would, right on that.
0: I would say so too. So my big takeaway for, I think people, is to... Definitely in this world of social media and seeing wellness warriors and having people who are Instagram famous and out there, do your own research in terms of what you think is good for your health and wellness, for your family, your friends, yourself. Don't just take somebody's word for it. Don't take this podcast word for it in in medical things. I mean, I'm an ER nurse, but I can't diagnose people. Even if I was a doctor and I was doing this podcast, you you can't diagnose people that are not, you know, your patients that you don't have a rapport with, that you don't know about. So any advice that is perceived as advice should not be perceived as advice. They are opinions. And unfortunately for Belle Gibson, she perceived her her opinions as being medical facts for some people. So be careful of those people online Sarah showed me a couple of interesting videos out of Australia with YouTubers who are oh, God. <laughs> believing these things and, and putting them out there. But they're saying like, you know, if we get certain subscribers, we're doing a giveaway like they're, they're it's it's mind boggling. But cancer scammers have been around for a while. People who put put that out there, snake oil salesmen have been yeah. around for quite some time. It's just that they now go under different guises. You know, now you have these people on Instagram who are wellness warriors and just do a lot of research, ask medical professionals, ask healthcare providers what they think, because the chances are, I always tell people absolutely you can ask me medical questions but I I can't diagnose if you went to a doctor online they couldn't diagnose you but they can point you in the right direction to get you resources and at the end of the day that's what we want to do in healthcare is get people resources take care of them as much as we can but when you have people like Belle Gibson it ruins it for everybody out there who suddenly it it takes five steps back for her saying okay, if, even if she said i lied, people would still probably say well the media made her say that, you know, she lied. Maybe she's onto something. So but for the fact that, you know, she perpetuated this lie for so long and now she believes it to be true in whatever shape or form, she's still probably like if somebody were were to look for alternative treatment, she still probably pops up somewhere and somebody might delay conventional treatments because of that. So even though she's tried to wipe away her smudge on that world, it's yep. there. It's never going to go away. And this scandal's always going to follow her no matter what she tries to reinvent herself as. What's your takeaway? My takeaway
1: is I guess don't believe everything you read and I don't know. I really don't know cuz I even in that sense, I think I told you a while ago, I also had a friend who scammed me in believing to that they had cancer mm-hmm so it's it's kind of difficult I guess if you're not sure about something ask questions and always get a second opinion
0: yeah and I mean it's hard to kind of be like you know Chanel and Jared and be a dick to your friends and be like are you really sick so I mean this is an extreme example but you know there are people out there who do unfortunately play up things maybe in real life or online or both and I think if you have that little question of, well, I don't know if they're telling the truth, don't outright ignore it. But at the same time, don't like attack somebody and be yeah. like, I don't <laughs> think you have cancer. I think you're full of shit. But, you know, trust your gut on some things. It's probably it's probably on to something, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Sarah, where can they find you? Oh god. Um you can find me on Twitter
1: at Goodnightmare underscore S and the same on Instagram or you can shoot me an email at goodnightmare underscore s at outlook dot com. Um I'm pretty active on social media, so if anyone wants to drop me a line and have a chat then they're more than welcome to.
0: She is awesome. Sarah's really good. She's good people. <laughs> She's very much you can you can talk to her and I highly, highly, highly recommend her podcast. It's really awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Are your friends tired of hearing you talk about serial killers? While you're at a party, have you randomly blurted out the odds of a person being murdered by a complete stranger? Does your Hulu or Netflix only recommend documentaries on true crime? If you have answered yes to one or more of these questions, you may have a problem. And so do we. That's why we started our True Crime Podcast. We are the hosts, Cam and Jen. We're lifelong best friends that love to talk about all things true crime. So we decided to start our own podcast, hoping to find others that share our passion. You can find us on OurTrueCrimePodcast.com or... Or you can download new episodes of our True Crime podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, or any other places you download podcasts. See you on Wednesdays. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to make this two parts. Like, I'm going to have to cut it Yeah, at it's, some point. It's pretty long. <laughs>